What's up everyone? On this week's episode, I'm going to tell you about how psychedelic drugs are curing people with PTSD. We'll discuss the tragedy that is Molly Tibbetts, and there's a recent study out that suggests how you can add nine years to your lifespan. All of that and so much more. I'm your host, Grayson Gregory, and this is the Prove Me Wrong Podcast presents What's Happening. So to get things started, if you aren't aware, we're currently in the midst of what researchers are deeming a psychedelic renaissance. Just like how the taboo has been disappearing with marijuana over the last 10 years, more recently substances like MDMA and psilocybin, also known as magic mushrooms, have been involved in clinical trials and the results are starting to destigmatize these drugs, or as they are now being called, medicines. Organizations like the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, or better known by the acronym, which is gonna make this so much easier, MAPS, have been leading the charge in these clinical trials. From Reason.com, MDMA, which was banned in the DEA starting in 1985, could be available by prescription as soon as 2021. The rehabilitation use of MDMA, or also known as ecstasy or molly, which you've probably heard on the streets, is curing veterans with PTSD. I'll say that again. It is curing veterans with PTSD. The trial, which has been sponsored by MAPS, has involved 22 military veterans, three firefighters, and one police officer, all who have been diagnosed with chronic PTSD resulting from traumatic experience during their service. The researchers led by Charleston, South Carolina psychiatrist Michael Mithifer randomly assigned the participants to receive either 30, 75, or 125 milligrams of NDMA in conjunction with two psychotherapy sessions separated by about a month in between. The lowest dose, just being the 30 milligrams, served as what they call an active placebo. Neither the researchers nor the subjects knew who was receiving which amount. And oh, wouldn't you know it, the results were striking. Average scores in the Clinical Administration of PTSD Scale, also known as CAPS, which indicates symptom severity, uh, fell by 71% in the medium dose group and 49% in the high dose group. You would think the high dose would have better results, but that's just the way this test ended up panning out compared to just 13% in the low dose group. But here's where it gets interesting. 68% of the medium and high dose subjects no longer met the diagnostic criteria for having PTSD. I will say that once more. The medium and high dose subjects no longer met the criteria of having PTSD. When the people in the control group were given the opportunity to use higher doses of MDMA, they saw additional progress. One year after the MDMA sessions, the mean score of their CAP score for all subjects, all subjects, was 39 down from 87 at the beginning of the study. The cutoff for PTSD diagnosis is 50. So what does all that mean? That means every one of the subjects was now no longer considered to have PTSD. When do you ever hear that happen with Xanax or any of these other pharmaceutical drugs? But this is starting to become a reality with these psychedelic substances and the science is backing it up. Furthermore, the FDA has approved the use of psychedelic ingredient in magic mushrooms for a drug trial resistant depression program. The agency has given the green light to Compass Pathways, a life sciences firm to perform clinical trials using psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. According to a statement by Compass Pathways, 216 patients will be treated with resistant depression, will take part in the phase two trials across 12 to 15 research sites in North America and in Europe. The UK trials are slated to start this month. Woo 
Researchers are going to dose participants with psilocybin while they receive psychological support. And the firm hopes that countries will join the project as when more respective health bodies approve the use of psilocybin in clinical trials. These were things that were already happening in the 70s and early 80s, but then with the advance of the war on drugs, it all went away. Tracy Chung from Compass Pathways told Newsweek the clinical trial will be the largest ever conducted into psilocybin therapy. She said, if our studies are successful, we could be applying for marketing authorization in two to three years, which means you could be going to a psychiatrist and be getting administered psilocybin to help you with your depression and PTSD. She continued describing depression and said, a huge unmet need with 300 million patients worldwide, 100 million of those have treatment resistant depression and don't respond to any current existing treatments, but they will respond to psilocybin. The approval comes amid growing evidence suggesting psychedelic substances such as psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, ayahuasca, Ibogaine could be used to treat mental illness such as depression, anxiety, and as we've already mentioned, PTSD. Why tell you about the results in the therapy when I can show you? So check out this short clip from the CBS's The Doctors. We're back with Rachel, who was treated with MDMA for her post-traumatic stress disorder, and psychiatrist Dr. Julie Holland, editor of Ecstasy, The Complete Guide, who is joining us via Polycom. And I want to share something with our viewers. Rachel, thank you for allowing us to share this. People are completely unaware of how this MDMA treatment is carried out. We're going to show you it for the first time. What you're about to see is something very private. It's very personal. Rachel has agreed to share this. In this video, she's under the effects of MDMA. This is when she said she had a breakthrough in her ability to trust and connect with people again. Let's take a look. Wow. I couldn't keep up or... Mm-hmm. Annie, so you see how we can both have fears? Annie, our fears are dancing between us. Yeah. They're making art. Mm-hmm. They're out in the open running around. <laughs> right? Oh, God. That is so healing. Instead of holding us down. Oh, thank you so much. Mm. Well, thank you for starting it. You started that little flame dance. Oh my God, it feels so <laughs> wonderful to be with you right now. <laughs> Just to be, you, and I appreciate you sharing and with notice me. Who oh. start, notice who started that. Me. Wow. That is. Wow. It's, it's a little different than you thought it would be, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's not, a, it's not a party, it's hard work. But the medicine makes it so much easier, like Dr. I couldn't Holland was saying. But watch it and think, you felt so good, it was so magical. Does that then create this desire to call her? Be like, do you have any more? Can I do this again? I mean, I've never done recreational drugs and I never had a desire to. Mm -hmm. So that makes me, uh, you know, I'm not at risk anyway. But, sure. um, but uh, to my knowledge, the people coming out of the study have no need to go back. You get the value and it lasts. Wow, will you ever have to go through this again or does this usually last forever? Well, in my case, I had three sessions and, and that did the trick. Um, but it, like she said, it allowed me to deal with things that I had never been able to talk about wow. without re-traumatizing myself. 
um, and then confront, almost do like brain surgery on myself, like you were saying, rewire my own brain so that it filed the memories instead of relive the memories over and over and over again. And when I heard about your story and this use of MDMA in particular, of course, you're a little bit reticent, okay, because you do not want to talk about something that is known as a party drug and give people license to use it. But I want to make it very clear that this is done in a clinical setting. These are trials in many ways. Dr. Holland, there's a specific dose given. Much of what we talk about when we talk about recreational use of these substances, you don't even know what you're taking. But most importantly, this truly is a treatment. And there's no part of this that is designed to be, oh, let's take a drug, get high, and have some fun. This is, this is a very, you're trying to get it spot on, right? So there will hopefully come a point in time where you know exactly how to use this in individual scenarios? Right, uh, a few things. You know, in the medical model, you know exactly what you're getting. You know, you know it's MDMA, you know it's 125 milligrams, as opposed to at a rave or at a club where it could be absolutely anything. So the drug substitution makes recreational use much more risky. The other two issues are that in a club, uh, people are dancing for hours on end, they're getting overheated, there's a risk of heat stroke. And also, if you drink too much water with MDMA, you run the risk of overhydration. So in the medical setting, you're sitting down, you're speaking, you're drinking water only if, you know, just a little bit. Uh, so there's no risk of, of heat stroke or overhydration, which are real risks in the recreational model. This has really been going on all through the 70s and 80s where therapists, psychiatrists were giving it to their patients um, in private practice so that they could use catalysts to make psychotherapy, uh, you know, go faster and be easier and, you know, really have uh, profound results very quickly. They were using it with couples, with individuals, all through the 70s and 80s. And then uh, when ecstasy became illegal in the mid 80s, it really drove the use underground. So what happened now for the last 20 years uh, almost 30 years, is um, that the recreational use has exploded around the world, but psychiatrists and therapists haven't be, been able to use it because it's a Schedule One drug. Hey, how amazing was that? And this woman's story is not unique as these are a typical response to this type of therapy. The failed war on drugs has absolutely ruined the way that we use and think about drugs. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. I have asked the Congress to provide the legislative authority and the funds to fuel this kind of an offensive. Just like there are healthy foods and unhealthy foods, so too are there beneficial drugs. I get if you've never taken a psychedelic before and that you'd be hesitant to take it alone and be able to wrap your head around the benefits of it. And people have been conditioned to hear about the bad trip, especially with substances like LSD and psilocybin. However, in a clinical setting, the bad trip never happens. Yes, on psychedelics, I've experienced challenging moments, but I've never had a bad trip. One of the biggest things that can happen while on mushrooms that you'll be faced with, you know, these moments that you've been neglecting. It's kind of like that thing in the back of your closet you're supposed to clean out. However, how you choose to handle those thoughts will greatly affect the outcome. One of the recurring feelings I've had on psychedelics is an overwhelming feeling of I'm loved, that I am the exact spot that I'm supposed to be in life, and that those worrying is all an illusion, and that everything is gonna be all right. Don't worry about a thing, cause every little 
do I just feel those things in the moment? It's a lasting effect. Like whenever I get sad or depressed, I can recall those moments and it brings me peace. We're going through a revolution. The things that we thought we knew, we're learning all again. And psychedelics are leading the charge. With so many vets coming back and you hear about the trauma in the VA and 22 veterans are committing suicide every day, there's finally going to be a cure to get all these people help that they need. Let this sink in. Here are just the facts. One dose of psilocybin in a clinical setting. One dose has cured depression in 80% of the patients studied. I will say that again. One dose has cured depression in 80% of the patients studied. MDMA-assisted psychotherapy has been able to reduce PTSD under the clinical threshold for two out of every three patients, and it continued to reduce in the years to come after just three sessions. Again, these things aren't masking the problem, they're helping people get through it. Now you're probably asking yourself, but Grayson, there has to be side effects, right? Yeah, there are, you know, like euphoria, empathy, having a deepening connections with loved ones, you know, things like that. I love you, man. I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Brosef Goebbels. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Okay. We've all seen those commercials on TV that talks about the side effects of some of these depression drugs. And one of the side effects is usually suicidal thoughts. That problem is null and void when we're talking about psychedelics in a clinical setting. We're in the midst of a psychedelic revolution. There's actual hope on the horizon for those that have been suffering. So if you wanna find out more, you wanna make sure I'm not full of shit, go check out maps.org and find out some of this information for yourself. I was saying, uh Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. Uh, if you do them, you're bad. Because drugs are bad, okay? It's a bad thing to do drugs, so, so don't be bad. By doing drugs, okay, that'd be bad. Drugs are bad. But now we're going to have to pivot real quick to just a little bit more troubling news. So one of the stories that's been dominating the news cycle in the last couple of weeks has been the murder of Molly Tibbetts. If you haven't heard about Molly yet, Molly was a 20-year-old student at the University of Iowa who was brutally murdered this summer at the hands of an illegal immigrant. The killing of Molly, who went missing on July 18th, but body was found just last week, is an unspeakable fucking tragedy. Her killer should be prosecuted and punished to the fullest extent of the law. Over the last week since finding out about who the killer was, Republicans and Donald Trump have pounced on the fact that he was here illegally and has used it as one of those moments. See, that's why we need a the wall. This would never happen if we had a wall. To which I say, maybe, look, I may be a hippie, but I think of myself as a rational hippie. And I understand that there are bad people in the world and we should be able to vet those people coming into our country. But the claim that if we had a wall that this would never have happened, I mean, never? It's a little asinine if you ask me. It's like thinking the war on drugs would save people from doing drugs. Here's Trump talking about it just last week. Just this week, we learned that Iowa authorities have changed an illegal alien in the murder of, and they charged an illegal alien in the murder of a college student, Molly Tibbetts. And you know, the amazing thing is that everybody was talking about Molly. Beautiful, wonderful, incredible person. Everybody loved her. Everybody, in, everybody that met her loved her. And the father was saying, she's coming back, she's coming back. And I was watching and I was saying, maybe he's right. And this went on for a long time. When they found out that it was this horrible, illegal immigrant 
that viciously killed her, all of a sudden, that story went down. They didn't want to cover it the way it should have been covered. But what happened to Molly was a disgrace, and our hearts go out. We mourn for Molly's family. In recent weeks, an elderly homeless woman in New York was allegedly beaten to death by a twice-deported illegal alien that was not supposed to be in this country. In the sanctuary city of Philadelphia, I went to school in Philadelphia, local officials released a previously deported illegal alien back onto the streets. After his release, the illegal alien raped a very young child. I won't even tell you how old this child was. Democrat immigration policies are destroying innocent lives and spilling very innocent blood. We believe that any party that puts criminal aliens before American citizens should be voted out of office, not into office. So there you had Trump. However, in the last few days, Molly's parents have been pushing back against the narrative that Republicans and Trump have been trying to push. During the eulogy, her own father, Rob Tibbetts, gave during her funeral on Sunday, highlighted his positive feelings for the local Hispanic community. He said, the Hispanic community are Iowans. They have the same value as Iowans. He said that during the nearly six weeks he spent in Iowa while authorities searched for his daughter, he ate at a number of Mexican restaurants. He said, as far as I'm concerned, they're Iowans with better food. But here's the thing, virtually all research concludes that immigrants, especially those that are undocumented immigrants, commit fewer crimes, including violent crimes, than native-born Americans. In 2016, the Cato Institute said the homicide conviction rate for native-born Americans in Texas was 3.2 per 100,000 natives, while it was 1.8 per 100,000 illegal immigrants and 0.9 per 100,000 legal immigrants. In raw numbers, 32 undocumented immigrants and 28 legal immigrants were convicted of homicide in Texas compared with 746 native-born Americans. Usually stereotypes like this have a little bit of graded truth in it, but the stereotype of undocumented as being rapists and murderers is the opposite of what the data says. Literally every study shows they commit fewer violent crimes and lower crime rates where they live. Look, I'm not sure what the solution is at the border, but if you think a wall is going to solve or slow down illegal immigration, I think you're mistaken. I mean, they do know about these things called ladders, right? The border wall is absolutely necessary. Are you at all concerned about ladders making the wall obsolete? Excuse me? A ladder, the thing you climb. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a ladder. I've never seen anything like this. What did you call this, laid air? Ladder. Ladder, ladder. Is there more than one of these? Yeah. Jesus Christ. When did this come out? Thousands of years ago. Must have missed these. So people just have these? Yeah. <laughs> F off. I mean, if you start leaning these up against walls, people are just gonna climb right over. A wall is no match for anything like this. They don't have these in Mexico. Most of the ladders are manufactured in Mexico. A Mexican can own a ladder? Might as well put a tunnel from Guadalajara, Mexico to Tulsa, Oklahoma. All I need is a ladder. Jesus. Trump didn't know about this or else he would have told us. I think he might have known. God damn it. My father-in-law was right. <laughs> Democrats knew about this the whole time. How come nobody told Republicans? 
I should have voted for Hillary. I'll bet you saw this on CNN. Ladders are fake news. And look, although that is a spoof video there on Trump supporters, I'm certainly not trying to make a joke of what happened here. Truly feel awful for what her family is going through and the pain they're suffering. It has to be compounded with all this national attention that the stories received. However, I did think it was important for you to know the facts. And I think it's absolutely disgusting when politicians try to jump on a tragedy like this for their own political gain. And don't get it twisted. That is exactly what the Republicans are going to try and do here. You don't believe me? It was reported this week that Newt Gingrich said the murder of Molly Tibbetts would help Republicans in the midterms. I'm going to read here for a second. Axios reported Wednesday that the former Speaker of the House emailed them to make sure there was coverage of the murder. And he said, and I quote, if Molly Tibbetts is a household name by October, Democrats will be in deep trouble. Hey, Newt, I want to say this to you with all due respect. Fuck you. I want justice to be served. I hope that Molly's parents can eventually find peace. But hearing Newt Gingrich, that used to be the Speaker of the House, openly talk about how this is going to be used for the political gain and for the Republicans come November, it's just absolutely atrocious. And I hate the way our political system plays out this way. But enough about that. If it's okay if we pivot for a second, I wanna tell you about a new study that's claiming that you can live an extra nine years of your life by going to a few concerts a month. There's a new study that claims that attending a concert once every two weeks can add nine years to your life. Nine times. Nine times. I mean, probably not the way I do music festivals, but who am I to argue science? Conducted by O2 and behavioral science expert Patrick Fagan and reported by NME, the study finds that regular concert attendance can increase one's lifespan by up to nine years. The logic here is that live music increases feelings of self-worth, closest to others, and especially mental stimulation, all of which contribute to one's sense of well-being. Feel good? I feel great. Fast. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. According to the study, there's a positive correlation between regularity of gig attendance and well-being. And additionally, scholarly research directly links high levels of well-being with a lifespan increase of nine years. These sensations of well-being were measured using psychometric testing and heart rate tests. And the study <laughs> says experiencing a gig for just 20 minutes can result in a 21% increase in the feelings of well-being. The study's recommendation is that one concert every two weeks will score one's happiness, contentment, productivity and self-esteem at the highest level. If that's the case, with all the live music that I've attended over the last couple years, I'm likely going to live forever. However, since I'm not in the business of perpetuating fake news, I do have to inform you that there is one little problem with this oh-so-very-scientific study. And it's likely that this study is, well, a load of shit. Science is a liar sometimes. Especially once you consider that O2, who's a concert venue that plugs its priority tickets program in the text of this study, in addition to the research having been funded by an organization that stands to make money from this conclusion, the study itself, you ready for this, does not even seem to be available for examination anywhere. Yes, science! But who the hell am I to argue, all right? Placebo is a powerful tool, and some of the most fun moments I've had in the last few years, or even in my life, has been at concerts. And are you really gonna argue that happy people 
don't live longer? I mean, just look at these two videos of me from this year's Coachella. So the first video you're gonna see is of me completely sober. You know me, hashtag honest as fuck in the first video, completely sober. I'm skipping and giggling uncontrollably. I'd like to see you find a kid that is even that excited heading into Disneyland for the first time. And here I am, 32 year old man heading into the day one of a festival and could not have been any more excited than I was at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> you see, life is fucking tough, man. But I absolutely love my life and I've met some amazing people going to all these shows. And if you know anyone that's been enjoying life more than me, I'd like to meet that person. There was probably like a no joke 10 year gap when I didn't attend a single concert or show. And I bet in the last 18 months I've seen collectively 30X? And going to live events again has brought me so much happiness, it's hard to even put in words. So if you're feeling down or in a rut, go see some live music. It may not add nine years to your life, but it might just be the exact thing that you need. Oh, and if you ever get the opportunity, definitely go see Odessa. I promise you they are a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, just look at this video. <laughs> But now it's time for what I'm streaming. <laughs> so this week, what I've been streaming is the comedy special titled Secret Time from the hilarious Burt Kreischer, AKA The Machine. For those of you that don't know who Burt Kreischer is, first off, how dare you? Second, one of the funniest men on the planet. In 97, he was featured in the Rolling Stone magazine while attending FSU. The magazine named Kreischer the top partier in the number one party school in the country. And whether you know it or not, you probably already know his story because Oliver Stone took the rights from that article and then made it into the movie that you probably know, Van Wilder. Also, if you've never heard his machine story, stop what you're doing right now. Go search it on YouTube. Look up Burt Kreischer the Machine, as it may very well be the greatest story ever told. But here's the trailer for Burt Kreischer's Secret Time. Nah. We're just getting drunk and telling secrets. Oh! 
secret time when my wife has an orgasm, she looks like Elvis. Her, 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 her. Whatever your mom said is fine, but this is your dad talking now. When it comes to drugs, just take half. Yeah. I wake up like, oh, fuck. I grab two Diet Cokes, go to the parent-teacher conference, sit down, crack my Diet Coke, take a sip, and realize I have a Coors Light. <laughs> that is a game-time decision. Survey says hey! We went ziplining the whole family. The first rule of ziplining is when in doubt, spread them out. George is like, I don't know, that's our new catchphrase. When in doubt, spread them out. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. I am not sending you two to high school, the old when in doubt, spread them out, girls. It's comedy. I'm telling you, I watched that special 100% sober, and I was laughing uncontrollably the entire way through. So if you have an hour to waste, you're looking for something to do, trust me, go stream Burt Kreischer's Secret Time on Netflix. You definitely won't regret it. So that's what's happening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you liked this week's episode, give it a little thumbs up. Hit that bell for some notifications. And don't forget to go give the Facebook page a like as well. And of course, give me a follow on all socials at Grayson underscore Gregory. I appreciate every one of you. I'll catch you next week. Peace.